Well, uh, I guess we should get on with the theme song. I'm ready. Welcome to Dredging for Humor. And no, we don't have tumors. We just like to play this game and have some fun. Welcome to Dredging for Humor. Welcome to the lighter side. Where we talk about magic the gathering like nowhere else you might find. Just don't expect to learn much. This show will just keep you in touch. With facts, this just a game where we jump from right right here. Oh, right here. Plane, plane to plane. plane. So tune in before you tap out. Mm, something there goes right there. And then there's some other words here, like Bob Dylan. But I guess we should just move into the show. So, hi, I'm Jack the Band. Hi, Jack the Band. I'm the dude. Uh, and we have made it to episode 18, Dredging for Humor. And what is different about this episode uh, as opposed to our previous episode? We are live. We are live on TalkShoe, and we actually have gotcha. people that can come in and talk to us. We are putting on a show here for uh, uh, our fans, and hoping that we get a chance that some of them will show up. Uh, a, a fan who we are also a fan of has shown up. I am still stunned that he is here. I'm, my, my brain has been trying to deal with it, and it's not facing the truth. Right. It, it can't be. Could it be? I, I'm stunned. I just keep staring at the name. It is the... Uh -huh. the, do you want to announce? No, go ahead. The Conley Woods, ladies and gentlemen, and mutants. Folks, Conley Woods is listening to our show right now. There could be no higher honor. I'm serious. This is fantastic. Conley, thank you for saying your time is very, very limited, and we are so stoked uh, that you are listening to us. And we dedicate this show to you, and uh, both of our children are now dedicated to you. Oh, uh, no, not my, my children. No, I'm not gonna my. name my third child Conley Woods. Conley Woods, dude. Conley Woods, dude. Conley Woods, dude. That's that's, that's where I'm going to go with that. Conley, thank you so much, man. We're so stoked to have you with us. Absolutely great to have you here. Uh, we also, I would like to say thanks to Conley for uh, tweeting out that we were actually doing this live show, and he's yes. he's, he's here asking us when when we'd like to have him come in, and I don't know why we shouldn't just have him come in as soon as he wants to come yes, in. Yes, whenever like, you want to jump in the show. Yeah, you're more than welcome to be the whole here in the whole call. You want to take it over if you want to trash it, whatever you want to do with it, man. Yes, it's it's, <laughs> it's my my baby here is Conley's <laughs> child uh, or something. So I. Uh, What's been going on in your in your world? Uh, uh, what's been going on in my world this entire week? I have looked forward to the weekend. That's that's where my brain has been. I'm very happy to be here. I feel like I just got off a plane, except that I haven't gone anywhere. Right. Um, I mean, like I just I feel like I've been on a. My head is. I'm very happy. It's the week. Very happy we're here. Very happy we're talking and with uh, Andy, presence of greatness, right? Right. Oh, and here we go. I'm gonna un. There's Conley. He's unmuted. I'm officially unmuted. Holy you, you crap, are. man! Holy crap! It is great to talk to you, sir. So it's I great. Think this is, <laughs> it's great ahead. to be. No, no, you're good. I I think that this is probably the coolest moment that has ever happened in dredging for humor history. I definitely, definitely. It it might be the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> I can't get the smile off my face. It is fantastic. So so. 
Welcome to the show, Conley. Uh, uh, what's going on in your world right now? Uh, not much. Just uh, getting a lot of Innistrad Limited stuff uh, recorded for uh, for Channel Fireball right now offline. Um, since the set just released on Wednesday, and just been doing a lot of that and uh, prepping for Worlds, which is coming up, which I know you guys will be at. Well, the, there's sad news around that, actually. Uh, I will be at Worlds. However, the dude uh, double-booked himself with family obligations in Florida, so he'll instead be at Epcot Center instead of Worlds. He, he said, oh, screw Worlds. I'm going to go to the other side of the country, hang out in Florida, and miss the opportunity of a lifetime. But, you know, it, the Worlds will come around to the United States in a few, few more years. Uh, I'm thoroughly disappointed in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really didn't happen like that. The way that it actually happened was um, the uh, the skies opened, and it was the voice of my fiance, and it started off with various curse words and basically said, we have been working on this damn trip. Her her father lives in Jacksonville. So, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, long story short, uh, the skies opened, talked to... Um, Talk to the skies. It was my fiance's voice, and I have to go to Disney World. So that's uh, that's pretty much the long and short of it. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I guess if you're gonna make the biggest mistake of your life, you might as well do it in Disney World. Right. Exactly. While well, I have a gigantic rat looking at me and mocking everything I do, I think it's I think that'll be great. But hey, there's at least there's a big silver ball to look at. That's the way that I look at it. You know. Sure. Why 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 be at Worlds when I could look at a effing big ass silver ball? There might actually be a big silver ball at Worlds too. You just never know. <laughs> San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. If there's going to be another location for a great big silver ball, SF would be my right. Place. Come to the silver ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but you you did mention to me on Twitter that you were going to be in uh, the in that kind of area before San Diego. Is that right? Uh, yeah. We, uh, uh, as everyone I'm sure is aware, uh, I am a part of the Team Fireball, and we usually get together um, about you know a week, ten days ahead of time before. Um, the Grand Prix that precedes every Pro Tour just to get our testing in and whatnot. Um, and since Luis uh, lives out there along with uh, Raptor and um, Matt Nass, and then, of course, there's also Channel Fireball headquarters at Superstars, um, we're going to go out there for like, I don't know, a week, 10 days. I think it's like 10 days uh, for testing um, before San Diego. Then we're all going to fly down to San Diego for the Grand Prix and then fly back up um, the Monday before Worlds, do a little bit more testing or whatever, and then straight into the tournament wow very nice very nice that's a, that's a it's a great place down there i've i've had a couple of chats with uh luis and um and of course we did the videos for john way back in the day and it's just it's a great setup down there and i think it's awesome that you're playing with those guys and hopefully one of these days i will run into you in the store down there when you're testing right. yeah for sure uh, well, we, we should move on to our, our first topic of this show, which is to go back into the, the word of the show. And and we really feel that since the last word of the show uh, didn't didn't really take off, and we, we've actually noticed it's still occurring in, in the community, but uh, the the reckless use of badged words uh, are it's there's just it's just a little much. Um, Today I was watching Star City Games and, and have been kind of watching it all off and on all morning long. We're recording on Saturday. I think they're in Baltimore. And it's uh, Gerard Fabiano and uh, and uh, also uh, Joey Panuska. Little, little Head Joe. Yeah, Little Head Joe. And uh, Gerard is, is like fadging all over the place. Right. And, and I mean, Conley, are you, are you 
familiar with the term or I mean uh, I am not familiar with the term uh badge but I assume it's probably um uh a you know an acronym for something and uh, it's actually it all comes from phage the untouchable so a, a, a long time ago when phage was out uh people would call her fadge all the time so she became fadge the untouchable and uh, so what we what we say about Fadge is the whole thing became a greater metaphor for the mispronunciation of, of magic phrases and famous magic cards. And gotcha. When, yeah, right. Ninety five percent of the of the you know world pronounces it this way, including folks in other countries that don't even speak, you know, English or whatever it might be. And they're playing with English cards. Right. Like uh, mere being said as mer. Mer. Or or Fadge being or Fadge being said as Fadge. Or or primeval Titan. I hate primeval Titan. Yeah, or primable. This is the this, whole point. Exactly, is, is that all exactly. day long I've been watching Gerard say primable, and he and the other thing is like he does like double fadge is in the same thing because it's primeval titan, titan, and he says primable titan, t i d a n. Yes, and and so <laughs> people are still fadging out there. So what we recommend is that when you hear someone fadge, immediately let them know that they're fadging. Uh, do not, you know, you just can't let them. Don't em. beat around the bush. Don't hide it. Don't encourage them. Right. You know, let let them know the detriment of what they're doing to the language and to the cards. Well, I don't, if you guys have ever listened to Monday Night Magic when I'm on with Tom, I greatly uh, uh, correct his word uh, mispronunciation. So I have no problem with uh, not letting my friends drive fadges, I guess. Right. We we knew you were a fadge crusader. And the only yeah. reason we are not totally pissed with Tom is that Tom is one of the five sacred names written in the book of you shall not talk shit, shit about these people. So, <clears throat> you know, that's the that's the we, we absolutely love Tom. And, and you're, of course, one of the other names in that book. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, anyway, uh, completely, completely. Yeah. Just trying to stop fadging out, you know, uh, a Titan versus a Titan, I guess, could be a new film. A Titan. A Titan. Is the Titan? The Titan. Titan. Yeah, uh, it's a new. Uh, I just started the wash. Did you Did right. you put the Titan? Titan. Yeah, it's a little rough for me. I I don't know. I and maybe it's because I I have no idea why it is. And because... you know, actually, there's something. Since we have Conley on the show, there actually Conley, there's something I've been wanting to ask you ever since I I heard you mention it. And on Monday Night Magic once, I heard you say something about you had experience as a stand-up comedian. Yes. Oh, please, please. Could you enlighten us as to your experience? Because I just, I, I think that's phenomenal. Oh, no, I just, uh, prior to me getting heavy into magic, um, I was doing stand-up. This is like, uh, basically after high school, like through, I would say my first to second semester of college. Um, I was just doing some, uh, some local stuff. Um, we have, a we had a laugh factory here in Denver, um, uh, basically like a, an homage to the original or whatever, um, that I used to perform at and then, uh, flew out to LA for like one gig out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was good times. I mean, uh, the, the problem with, with stand-up comedy, if anybody that's ever done it is that it takes up a ton of time. Um, right. it's, it's a lot more than like, you know, the, the 15 minutes on stage, if that, or whatever. Um, and then when, so when I, Ended up top eighting Honolulu. Um, uh, I tried doing both for a little while, but it was just so difficult because you know, one one second you're wanting to write a deck list down, and the next second you're wanting to write a list down, and I think both kind of suffered a little bit. So I uh-huh. kind of just you know picked one and uh, sure. went with it. And uh, I mean, I still do. You know, I still try to obviously be 
funny or whatever, but I just don't do it for uh, the money. The money was never that great anyway, so. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. No, I, I think that's fantastic. I heard you say that once on a show, and I was like, oh, my God, that's that's totally perfect. I wish we had more uh, more comedy lovers in Magic. I've met a few, you know, not that they're not there, but. Um, yeah, there's like Ruben Bressler. I know Gerard has tried to do it, but uh, he's just not funny, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Dredging for Humor, episode 18, Unfunny Magic Player. Oh, yeah, exactly. Who else, who else, who else is not funny? That's what I want. I mean, there, there, there are a lot of non-funny Magic players. It's not, it's not their problem. We come from all walks of life. You're allowed to not be funny and play Magic. So true. You're right. And actually, this leads into the major topic of this show is, is the, one of the things that Dredging for Humor tries to address deeply is, is the, uh, the way that we kind of treat the magic scene, the, 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 each other in the magic scene, the, the things that we say to each other, how we react to all of the news that comes out, the, just the response in the magic community, the, it just the, it's weird. It seems like, I don't know. I, I don't even know where to go with that, but that's one of the things is like, we do come from all walks of life. And one of the most beautiful things about this game is that it brings us together. It brings everybody together. I have played against every person that I could ever imagine, every character type that I could ever imagine. Except for female, of course. No, I've, I've played against a few of those. <laughs> we, we actually have a couple of females in our draft group. Yes, we do. Currently. Oh, okay, and okay. They're, they're getting incredibly good. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's been really interesting. Actually, for our Innistrad pre-release, we were in uh, uh, Ukiah, California, uh-huh. and there were two girls playing it was it was a it was a freak occurrence uh-huh, uh-huh. i really felt like something was happening i felt like it was a movement like like occupy For, occupy guys, two chicks <laughs> right 40 whoa wait a minute so it was like so what you're, op- say, so what you're saying is that is the closest uh to a lesbian orgy that a magic tournament will ever get <laughs> yes exactly that is exactly correct uh you know at at this time since we were the we're Kate at, smith format Yes, exactly. We were unable to dub any commercials into this because I run on a Mac, and the program that they use is a is a, is a Windows based commu- uh, is a Windows based uh, what do you call that program? So uh, we have a uh, actual live reads for some of our sponsors this show. So I, I have to go into one of those because we were at uh, 15 minutes after the show started. We're 15 minutes into the show. Yeah, 15. And it's, an hour, it's an hour long. Well, I, I made it two hours, but we can cut it whenever we oh, want. Okay. Like if everything goes wrong and all of a sudden we're bombing out, we can just dive and and be like, well, that's that's what happened, you know. You're, you're and, the technician. You're the technician since man. Right, and then we can just go back to the scripted show, you know, if everything goes wrong here. So anyway, I do need to get into this read. Uh, at this time, we would like to mention one of our sponsors, Moon Mist. Moon Mist. Oops, excuse me. Moon Mist. Moon Mist is the. Well, I can't even read it. Could you read this? We, lo- Here we you just go. lost a sponsor. You, you, I know. We have just lost oh, geez, a sponsor. This is terrible. Uh, but you know what's best is I can edit this out later on. This is, so it's I a regular can, show. Right, but I won't because it's better to we have all this there. We are wasting Conley Woods' time. I know. Thank you, sir, for waiting around. Uh, Moon Mist. Moon Mist, the new fragrance for werewolves, guaranteed to transform your date into a merciless predator. Uh, okay, so back to the show. Um, I don't know. That was terrible. That I was really. I don't know if it's the sponsors or how they're being represented in our show. It's probably how they're being represented. All right. Well, we'll shoot them an email. Yeah. Sorry uh, for that. So anyway, back to how players deal with each other and kind of the whole thing is one of the things that things that's really getting to me lately is people put out there like Innistrad, oh, these flip cards, everybody freaks out. They're like, oh, they're going to be terrible. Blah, blah, blah. We've never even tried to play them. Da, 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 da. Absurd. No, yes. 
And uh, they flip over, they transform. What do you think these things are made by Hasbro? Right. You you'd think so. Transforming things made by Hasbro. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but there's other things like uh, you know Planeswalker points. Oh my God, we're stepping away. In fact, Conley, would you give us your opinion on Planeswalker points? <laughs> Conley's like, I don't want to touch that with a ten foot pole. Did you read that letter? Uh, no, I, I mean it, I do uh, I do uh, agree strongly with most of what the uh, the letter said. To be fair, like I, I uh, appreciate the idea of Planeswalker points. Um, I appreciate them, you know, trying to uh, revitalize something that was you know badly uh, construed in the first place. But at the same time, there are a lot of holes in it that I think they need to fix. And uh, once those get out and out, though, I think this will end up being a good change, of course. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like. Um, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the idea, the concept, um, but we still have to work, work out a lot of the kinks. But that doesn't mean like you know I'm against planeswalker points. I'm just kind of um, not for a few of the the applications of them right now. Right. It seemed and it it seemed to kind of be. Um, I suppose Aaron Forsyth said that you know this is not a permanent change, and we're really listening to how people are are going to yeah. respond to this and. Yeah, what what could some of the changes? So I understand that, like I was only able to gr uh, graze over that letter, uh, and look at what was going on inside of that. Uh, what are the what could they do? It's it's all about the uh, pairings, right? That's what makes the difference in it. No, I don't know if the pairings have anything to do with it. Uh, that was just like an idea they kind of threw out there. I don't even know if that's necessarily one of their better ideas from that letter. Um, I think the the biggest problem is the multipliers are kind of off. Um, and right now, somebody can like win two Grand Prix and not be qualified for the following Pro Tour because there's a whole bunch of people who went to FNM and every PTQ and every side event at the Grand Prix, and like that's just not right. You should not be able to you know, win two major events and not be qualified for the the Pro Tour that uh, comes after that. So um, some of the some of the multipliers are off. You don't get any bonus multipliers for top eighting. You don't get any bonus multipliers for day twoing. Um, you basically, and then now that they do the five times multipliers for side events, you can, like, if you have enough money, like, let's say someone had infinite money, they can actually just buy the way to the Pro Tour. You just go to every Grand Prix, you enter every single side event, you didn't then drop immediately, and uh, you get, you know, a million points, you easily win the, the thing, and you get, get a, an invite to the Pro Tour. And, like, you shouldn't be able to buy your way onto the Pro Tour, I feel like. Um, I mean, money obviously is a factor in how many uh, events you go to, even back in the day when you, all you could do is PTQ. Um, like you could obviously go to more PTQs with the more money you had, but you still can only go to one a week. And I don't know. I feel like uh, the pro tour should be a little more sacred than just like, here's my money, you know, enjoy it. And of course, nobody has infinite money. So it's kind of a extreme example, but it's just a, well, a, actually, a hole in the system. That's what I was thinking of doing is, is I have, I have a life savings that I've saved up. And well, you I do have infinite yes. money. I, and and so I was thinking that what I really wanted to do was just go and and basically every Grand Prix buy my way into every side event, and and buy my way onto the Pro Tour because my skill level is not going to get me there. It would be great <laughs> if there was just one guy that did it, and each time he showed up and dropped, he did something absurd. Like that would be like I feel like as a performance art, I'd be into that. I I would go just to watch what he would do next if it were good enough. But aside from that, no hell no. No, you mean like you like one one event he would show up with a, a sixty card werewolf deck, but he wouldn't have sleeves. They would just all be, and then the next event he would show up with a bunch of silver balls, and then like exactly. something like that. Exactly. exactly, exactly. I mean the whole Fellini here, just really get artsy with it. I don't know, do a Cirque du Soleil routine, 
I don't know, you know, something something bizarre that people would, you know, people that weren't on the end and knew who this guy was were like really having a something to think about on the way home from their pro tour. <laughs> right. I, well, I'm really still looking forward to the day when somebody actually brings their own Foley crew in for all of the card sounds We've in their deck. We've talked about it yeah. for years. What, what do you think of that, Conley, having your own Foley crew while you're playing Magic? Um, I mean, it seems, seems slightly distracting, but I think if you have like, you know, you, you could pull it off. I think you could pull it off. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just maybe four guys. I mean, hey, we've, you know, we've done the barbershop quartet. I think that's the next logical step. Right, or or even just a minstrel. If Even to take a minstrel in with you and every card you play, he played a swamp. <laughs> I mean, I, I, kind, I kind of do that to my own cards when I, when I like, record videos online. So. <laughs> oh, that's that's maybe that's where I got that idea. My that that I did not did not originate inside of my own brain, but actually from my experiencing of watching. I watch every one of your videos. I can't help yeah. it. I, like you make learning how to play magic fun. Absolutely, I couldn't <laughs> agree. I I could not agree more. You, sir, have been the only reason I have won any packs in my Moto Online Innistrad drafts lately. Because I've only done two since the set was released. Both of them yesterday. And uh, I, 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 it was right after glancing at your article, and as I was looking at the text, I went, oh, Conley said this guy was good. Click, and it was, you know, when I got him and played him and, and did all that, I was I was very happy. I'm like, I understand why why, why Conley liked this guy. And yeah, I mean, like, like one of the things about, like, videos is, like, people don't understand it's it's 30 times more difficult than, and I'm not trying to make excuses here, but it's 30 times more difficult than, like, playing, like, uh, just magic because, um, right. like, like, as, a, as somebody who has a degree in psychology, there are all kinds of studies where it's like any type of multitasking um, hurts your your ability to either thing perfectly. So like even something like you know the the classic walking and chewing gum or whatever, uh, it's been proven that while you do that, you walk slower. Um, it's like you know a couple milliseconds slower to your destination or whatever. It's not drastic, but it's been proven that you do in fact walk slower. And when you take something like you know trying to explain and reason your choices on anything for that matter. Uh, that's already kind of like a pretty difficult concept. And then you factor in that you're playing now the most complicated game to like ever be invented or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, these two things are both very complex and both very involved. And now we have to do it at the same time. So um, I kind of take that and know that I'm going to make, you know, more mistakes online than I do in real life. I'm not going to play perfectly. I, I'm going to miss small things that I take for granted while I'm playing in real life, uh, things like that. So, um, so I basically go in, you know, thinking, Hey, I have to make this entertaining first and foremost, because, uh, at the end of the day, it is, uh, you know, an entertainment product. And uh, although I want to be as informative as possible, I know that it, it, at, at times it's going to lack. So I just go in trying to have a good time and, you know, letting everybody uh, uh, enjoy what they're, what they're viewing at least. No, it's, they're, they're fantastic. I remember, um, I remember when Luis, which I, there were some of the first videos I was watching was when he first started doing videos. Um, and he, I remember him talking about how difficult it was to, explain the reasoning behind picks um and pick them and then later on the the part that blows me away is playing you know because yeah you're you're kind of having to give voice to your intuition as well as experience while actually having to perform actions <laughs> they can't all be on the inner right it's, you know? it's pretty incredible well, yeah and, and and the worst part is if like if your actions then don't match what you're saying all of a sudden now you have to like read like you have to like explain why you did whatever you did and right. you just have so much stuff going on like when you play magic and you you sit down you obviously your your thought process when you're even like when you're not talking you're just thinking to yourself it's never like this like straight uh you know linear thing it's very fluid you're 
you sit there, you're like, okay, should I attack? No, if I attack here, he's going to take damage. Uh, and then, you know, I got three turns from now, this is going to happen. But if I draw a land, then, you know, Martha Stewart's going to show up or whatever. And you're thinking all these things, you have this very fluid thought process. And now to try to, like, you know, change that over into audio, all of a sudden it's like, well, I could sound like a, a mumbling retard, or I could try to, like, you know, pick a line and go with it. And then now I have to correct myself, et cetera. So it gets, it gets a little confusing, but. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a very tricksy process. You know, I, well, I mean, personally for me at times, I have trouble just watching the draft videos, not yours, but you know, just trying to follow the, the, the plays and the, and the talking. Um, and you know, like you said, it's like one of those little, Oh, he did opposite of what he just said. What the hell happened there? That whole yeah. Thing. Anyway. Yeah. No, I, I completely can see how that would be a very, very, uh, difficult process and a whole new way of going about doing things. Do you think it throws you off at all? Like, you know, when you, when you do draft regular, cause you start to learn this other way of, of drafting? Uh, not necessarily. I think it probably, uh, makes you better overall, um, in your actual drafting world, just because like you, you do develop some extra skills. You do develop the, the, um, you, you can't obviously be perfect at it, but you learn how to multitask a little bit better. Um, and just the fact that now you have like, reasoned out your picks out loud like sometimes when you're drafting just by yourself you just take cards and you take them for kind of granted if you will um whereas when you're when you're doing it online you do have to like sit there and discuss and if something doesn't sound right to you you're like wait a second like now maybe i should you know think this through and then take this card so that does translate over so i think it actually makes you a little bit better um but uh it it doesn't necessarily playing live or it, it it doesn't there's like there's a bigger cap on you playing and discussing than there is you just playing so I feel like um, no matter how good you are when you're playing like by yourself, uh, that can only translate so far into how good you're playing when you're reporting, just because there is so many other things going on. But uh, no, I think I think that you know it doesn't really you know catch me like off guard or anything when I'm playing live. I think if anything, it does make me a little bit better. Um, so I, I appreciate it yeah. overall. I imagine it slows your process down, like like you're saying. You know, you we kind of just fluidly think and and operate. God, I, I'm having the worst. This is the worst day for me to struggle with my speaking. But hey, it's writing for humor. So what does it matter? Um, so my whole process when I'm drafting is like I'm looking for the creatures. I'm looking. I'm I'm going through all the steps of looking at what I want to take, uh, and how things are going to be working together. But we tried the other day to talk together and record while we were drafting or while I was drafting and I could not even come close to being able to talk. I was like, and I think I'm going to take the blah, 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 mumble off, mumble off, mumble off. Cause I couldn't, I like, I was so internally processing. So I, I can imagine that it takes all that, that internal stuff that's going on for you. You actually have to parse it out, get it into a, a, a thought that can be placed onto the audio itself. And then, so others can experience it in a in a way that doesn't sound like me. I just sound like lunatic raving, you know. Sure. <laughs> Great. I'm glad. Um, oh, I like, what do you want me to say there? You always say no, no. You sound you sound poetic and angelic. Like no. what? Do you... No, no. I I that is articulate. The answer insane. was awesome. Like I, I you know it just, that was perfect. <laughs> you were you were as poignant as I was articulate. I mean that no okay, that's not true. Actually, I don't know. Um, so, Connelly, when you oh. yeah, when you no, draft Innistrad, how do you pick your scat? Um, well, I mean, I try to just you know take them off in one foul swoop, but um, you know, occasionally you just you, you have to work on it for a day or two. 
I mean, it really yeah, depends yeah. on the pla- the placement of the scab. Is it like, you know, the first pack, second pack? It all depends on that, so. I find myself trying to let my scabs wheel. I, I oh, know. do you? Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it depends on the scabs. Some scabs wheel, some scabs don't. Uh, you don't want to just leave, like, a scab laying around for forever because it might not come back. Correct, correct. Fun so. to play with, though. Fun to scabs, always fun to play with. Yeah, um, speaking of Innistrad and drafting Innistrad, we actually did a little bit of Innistrad drafting last night. Uh, we it was it was my first time drafting Innistrad on Moto. I remember my first time. I'm drafting God, on Moto. I re- I remember my first time with Moto. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a Star Wars love child story. Um, we all remember our first time with Moto. Yeah, we do. I failed rapidly, just like I do in most things. So. Uh, Last night we were drafting. My first draft didn't go very well. I I couldn't build much of a deck. I went red black and it was just terrible. Like I I had a very low curve and then for some reason I while I was fixing my deck I ended up with 18 lands instead of 16 lands, which is what I was trying to do. So in, I put a extra land in instead of putting an extra creature in, which was what I was trying to do. And I so every first game was land flooded and it was terrible. It was a crap. It was crap. That yeah, was that, a crap that deck. lil you got was just absolute crap. Yeah, the lil I got, on the other hand, <laughs> which I only got to play one time in the oh, draft, but the Liliana vest that I got was not so bad. I, it was fun to. It paid for my draft and the draft we did afterwards because we did draft two drafts last night. Sure. And uh, and then my but my second draft and this is the actually the draft that I kind of want to talk to you about, Conley. And dude, I guess I'll talk to you about this too. Okay. But uh, uh, is uh, I, I drafted green white humans. I my first uh, card was uh, my first pick was what is his name? The champion of the parish. Sure. Sure. That's, so I got him, and I ended up just grabbing every human that I could see that came around. Uh, I got selfless Cathars and an unruly mob and a couple of elder Cathars. And then a couple of the small werewolves, the shepherd, and I, I, the werewolves were not really coming around. But I ended up with this deck that was just small, fast beaters, a doomed traveler. Um, there was a, quite a bit going on in that deck. And the card that I used to actually get somewhere was Rally the Peasants. And I, I want to know what your thoughts are on how main deckable is that card if you're running white. Um, I mean, I would always want to be able to, I think pretty much every card that has flashback, I would want to be able to flashback. Um, the only exception would be like unburial rights and possibly forbidden alchemy. But even there, I want to, I want to have the flashback ability on both those. So if you're just white, um, I'm not a huge fan of rally the peasants, but, uh, I think the card's fine. You, you need to be a token strategy or like, uh, an aggro, uh, obviously red, white deck or green, white deck with, you know, a, a touch of red for flashback, but. Um, outside of that, I think the card's fine. I, I None of the decks I've drafted so far have really been able to take too much advantage of it, or I haven't seen it because it is uncommon. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fine card. Yeah, there was there was one play last night. I only used it one time last night for good effect, and then I had four creatures in play. They were all humans, I believe. Yeah, except for the one spirit. I had a Hamlet captain in play, and the guy was at 18. I ended up getting him tapped out. Uh, and attacked with everything, which my Hamlet Captain gave enough damage to him. I, I wish I could remember the whole math of it, but the math ended up being that I hit him for 18 exactly because of Rally the Peasants without, I mean, it was just that uh, attack, which I guess is a BCS. I mean, it's total best-case scenario situation, but I was able to take him out in one turn. Yeah, for sure. 
So yeah, it was an interesting card. And then Fiend Hunter is the, another card that I think is. What, what do you? How do you feel about the power level of white? Um, I mean, it's pretty good. Like uh, the, you have a couple different directions to go with it, which is awesome. You do have the human route. Um, I think Butcher's Cleaver is like one of the the better cards in the format, assuming you're able to take advantage of it. And white it has the best opportunity at that because they have so many humans. Uh, and then obviously the spirit sub theme I think is pretty good. Um, so you could have like this little flying deck, which is you know always fine. Plus they have uh, some decent removal. The, the priest and uh, bonds of faith are both really good. Um, and then they have rebuke and smite the monsters as well. And then the uh, the very critic criminally underplayed uh, ghostly possession, which is not good in most decks, but occasionally you know it's it's removal if you need it. So um, the fact that they have five uh, five removal spells at common is kind of crazy for white to have access to. So. And then that's not even counting uh, Urgent Exorcism or uh, Fiend Hunter, which are both kind of more – Fiend Hunter is uncommon, and Urgent Exorcism is more uh, more specific in application. Right. Hey, when do your videos come up? When will they start showing up? Uh, I mean, <laughs> the problem over at Channel Fireball is that uh, we have about a million videos coming in and only one video editor right now, so he takes, uh, takes some time to get things up. Um, my first seal went up. It was pretty bad. <laughs> But it went up uh, last night, and then uh, I've submitted some drafts. Uh, I try to get the, the seals out first because if you remember, uh, well, I guess you guys don't play that much Moto probably, but um, the the Innistrad seals came out, and then they were only thing available for three days during the pre-release, and then drafts came out. So um, I expect some seals to come up first, and then uh, drafts should start coming here here within the next week. I've submitted some. Um, I also recorded the uh, the Moto PGQ from uh, Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. I recorded all the whole. PTQ that I played in. Uh, it was the first time I was able to play it in PTQ in the last three years because Moto or uh, Wizards changed their policy on that, um, allowing basically anybody that hasn't won a PTQ already or people that are currently level seven or eight, anybody else gets to play. Um, so the fact that they changed that allowed me to go ahead and play in that. So I recorded that just for uh, just for the fun of it. Since I already have an invite, I figured I'd, I'd be willing to record it, and it was pretty good. But that was also Innistrad sealed. Um, so yeah, a lot of sealed decks coming out first, and then uh, drafts should start pouring in here in the next week or so. Awesome. That that makes me totally happy. I'm stoked. Totally stoked. Yeah, try not to watch the PTQ if you watch it. Try not to watch it in one sitting because I about uh, I think I got I was wearing headphones all the time, so I think I got cauliflower ear from that from ten rounds of PTQ and plus the sealed fortune. Um, and then uh, my left toe got my left big toe got necrosis for sure. So uh, if you're watching those, don't do like I did. I had to play through it all sitting in one one sitting. So don't do that. Break it up. Go go watch a movie, have a nice dinner, maybe get a massage, <laughs> and then finish yes, it. Definitely get a massage. Hey, I need to throw in another uh, sponsor message here, uh, another live read, which makes me so nervous. Uh, Liliana's Veil Company would like to remind you that all you goth slash emo chicks slash up and down, not sideways, sideways slash, that you can get your quality black veils for all sorts of occasions. Show your depression while hiding your eyes with a Liliana veil. You're reading the rest of these. You're, you're, you're reading the rest of them. Wow. Well, I want to run out and get a veil right now. Yeah. Avail yourself a veil. So what do you think of standard? That's a, that's a good question. Is, is how long do you think Keswick, the, I, I guess a more a direct question is, how long do you think Keswick Wolf Run will stay a deck? Uh, so you're asking how long do I think the Keswick Wolf's going to run? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm asking. Oh, God. I mean, at least, I would say at least uh, four miles, probably. 
So if we translate that over into uh, Magic playing, no, I mean I think that the deck Shiny could last. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a good enough deck that it could exist the entire time it's in standard, uh, kind of like Valica did, although much less oppressive, which is nice. Um, and uh, yeah, like I was working on that deck before um, it kind of broke out, if you will, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And then uh, I have stopped not stopped working on it, but working on it less since then. Um, just because other people are kind of working on it, so there's less of a need to. But uh, I think the deck's fine, and I don't think it's like, you know, uh, the big bad wolf, I guess pun unintended, but it's not bad. But I, I don't think it's like you know, too scary of a, of a deck to have as one of the best decks. It's not like uh, people don't have fun playing against it, or it's like, you know, killing all your lands or countering all your spells or anything like that. So, I mean, I'm fine with it being a, a good deck, if you will. Right, and and I saw a blue-white tokens deck today that was kind of interesting as well while I was watching SCG Live. Uh, what I, what, I, I, it had a lot of spirit tokens and intangible virtues. Yeah, and Moreland Haunt and uh, Shrine of the Loyal Legions is like the big card out of that deck, I think. Uh, that card is so awkward. That card feels really awkward to me for some reason. It's, I think it's the expense of the uh, of the cost to get it to actually... To get the guide. Sure, but I mean, you leave it out there. It's going to sit out there for in that in that type of deck for at least three or four turns, um, and then you know you're doing it at the end of their turn. So um, you're playing blue eye tokens. So you have mana leaks or whatever. So you can always like leave open a mana leak, and then if they don't play something that relevant, then you just make dudes. Or uh, obviously, if they do play something relevant, then you're just mana leaking. So I mean, it's a little awkward. Three mana is is uh, a bit, but at the same time, like you're getting a huge payoff. So right. That is true. That is a huge payoff, especially if you're playing all those white spells and it's just going up and up and up. We here at Treasure for Humor and Love to be a fan of the little guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you think of Parallel Lives? Like, Dude and I have been talking a lot about Parallel Lives as a as a viable card. Um, I mean, it's... <laughs> it's... Uh... Yeah. In fact, I, I've been thinking about submitting a, another Deck Doctor submission. No, I'm joking, of course. <laughs> totally joking. I mean, plenty plenty of people have submitted Parallel Lives things already. Uh, the problem is I don't have uh, Innistrad cards on Moto yet to build with enough of them um, since the set just came out. So I'll be getting Deck Doctor stuff up uh, as soon as that stuff's up. I have a pre, uh, pre-Innistrad deck that I recorded that for some reason has not gone up yet um, that I planned on tweaking and fixing with with Innistrad um so hopefully that goes up soon but uh I mean parallel lives I don't know it's like worse than doubling season right and worse but I mean I guess in a parallel universe uh it might be okay yeah I went there I right 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 (laughs) (laughs) oh man I couldn't Uh, I couldn't not do it Luis has has destroyed me for all puns i can't not pun anymore it's his fault right but i i believe wholeheartedly that as soon as everybody gets the puns and is punning all the time that we'll see world peace i i agree yeah yeah the only person i have seen more nuts than luis about puns is um isaac asimov oh yeah like when you look at his body of work you know he wrote like all the foundation books and then all these other great masterful works of uh uh, of science fiction, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, and I'm gonna do these pun books over here. Here's the dirty one. Here's here's the <laughs> Isaac Asimov dirty pun book. Right? Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that the only thing that strikes me with Parallel Lives, I have to go back to that real quick, is 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 the uh, Mimic Bat. It just seems like Mimic Bat and Parallel Lives 
and birthing pod together. And I, this is just the dumb casual brewer in me that I know it is, but I, I think that there's something there. Like I said, we love the little guys. Yep. Lots of I just, I just, uh, I just recorded it. You, you'll want to enjoy this. I just recorded a seal deck uh, last night. My deck was absolutely terrible, but I opened up uh, two mentor of the meek, uh, three stitchers apprentice and a parallel lives. So I played them all. Oh, nice. I can't wait. That's awesome. It was, it, it was pretty sweet. That, that sounds great. I was able to pull off a Parallel Lives and a Spider spawning last night that was worked to good effect. I got eight spiders out of it. Yeah, I had a I had a Moreland Haunt as well, which was also pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Moreland Haunt is such a good card with that. I think that's a good card. It is. I, I, I love the land cards. Yeah. I, I, I do. I like the whole set. I mean, I don't have ideas for all of them, but I, I'm just, I like it. Yeah. I love it when the land does something else besides just give you mana. It's really flavorful. I think that the flavor is even creeping uh, in yeah. deep. It's way creeping in deeply in, in the whole thing. Like, even in the the spell interaction, like, spells and how they interact with each other. Like, the whole vampires get this. But then, it, I don't know. I'm just seeing extra things. I, I my The fantasy in the back of my head that relates to this game goes is going haywire over this set i i'm glad i'm glad you added that relates to this game because otherwise if that was the fantasy that was in the back of your head we were gonna have to have a talk yeah that's why i was sitting back in the chair yes i know i know (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't licking my lips or anything jeez Uh, i i I will say that innistrad has the flavor of like turducken i think i think innistrad is the turducken of magic i hate that word i'm pretty I've never eaten a turducken. I'm kind of sad about it. Yeah, yeah. I Every year I talk to somebody and they're like, well, Thanksgiving's coming again and time to bust out the turducken. Yeah. yeah. The turducken. Do, you think, do you think they'll ever like uh, like produce a uh, a prepackaged turducken to where it's like not the actual like thing stuffed inside of a thing, but instead it's just all the meat combined into like a new meat, like a pressed meat, if you will? Like a turducken dog? Yeah, like a turducken dog or a, 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 a turducken patty, olive loaf in the form of a turducken, that kind of thing. Like, oh yes. Oh, that think they, just... We should work on this. I'm actually going to stop off at seventy-six and get me a turducken dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yes. So we have other guests in the room, but obviously they don't. They don't talk so I, I don't know what's going on with that <laughs> you know like nobody wants to say anything else they're just like they're in awe they're like they, that, see that's my whole problem is like Conley Woods is on the phone or is on the phone with us he's on the show with us this is it's crazy I am like it's it's a weird thing to be kind of starstruck and I really think of you as like just a normal other person in this world but it I don't really deal with starstruckness much but the ability to talk to you in in this format is amazing. I just want to say thank you again. The Collinwoods Community Outreach Program. <laughs> That's right. Sure. I'll be getting my uh, my number changed there on today. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, dude, you need to uh, read a sponsor message. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Professor Ludovic at Scottsdale Community College is hiring test subjects at hourly minimum wage rates. If you would like to volunteer, please visit the message board at the Lightning Tower on top of Catholic Hill. How was that? That was great. Much better than me, you know. Yeah, that was that was at least three times better. The band. Yeah, exactly. Which is which is true. Which the dude in in general is about three times better than me. He's about three times smarter. 
three times more articulate. He's about three times faster. His jokes are better. I, you know, but that's the whole thing. Is like I will ride anybody's coattails. The reality there's, is there. There's just too much man love in this room right now. There we is gotta, a we lot gotta, of man love. It's, it's what gotta, happens when you talk to people from California. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's not fair. really. <laughs> I mean, I'm from Colorado. They have it there too. It's a place called Boulder, and uh, there's a lot of man love in Boulder. Really? A lot of man love in Boulder. Yeah, I, I had a friend that lived uh, back in Colorado for a while. He moved back there for a couple of years. I'm trying to remember where. He wasn't too far from Denver, about an hour outside. And he said Denver had the best burgers he's ever eaten in his life. The best like, burgers? Yeah. Is he that a was, lunatic? I don't know. I've never been to Denver, but that's probably what I would say if I ever went. I I'm mean, I... I don't know how high he was when he was eating these burgers because I grew up in Chicago, which is one of my favorite cities in the world for food, oh, and I've me been too, everywhere. Me too. And Colorado does not – I mean, nothing's bad in Colorado, but there's nothing, like, it's known for it, as far as, like, culinarily. Like, I mean, we have the Denver omelet, which is literally just a, a name for some ingredients thrown inside some eggs. It's not like we do it special there or anything. It's just – I guess it was invented there. And then we had Rocky Mountain oysters, which are disgusting. And that's literally it. There was no food there that I'm like, yes, Denver has this blah. But burgers would be like 48th on the list of things that, that I would list there, <laughs> right behind barbecue, which is also terrible in Colorado. Ah, good to know. Good to know. Well, when I see him again, I'm going to say, hey, man, you know those burgers in Colorado? You're full of shit. I mean, there's some good – there's some places you're like, oh, these are like the best burgers in Colorado. But that's like saying, you know, this is the best hot dog in Asia. Like, it's not difficult to accomplish that because they're made of cats. Well, yes, there is that. And, you know, uh, some of the best burgers I've had – you know, that's one of the things is you can get a really good burger in many different places. I don't think that a burger is, is a locational thing. I, I mean, I've had a good burger in Chicago, but I've had a good burger in Pittsburgh. I've had great burgers in L.A., I mean, it just depends. You just got to find the – you just have to smell out the beef in the air until you know that that is the place that has the properly cooked burger. I I have – I when I – I've been to Chicago three times in my life, and each time was a complete blast. Chicago undoubtedly has the best deep dish pizza I have ever eaten, and to my taste, I think nothing beats a Chicago dog. Now, mm. I have not been to New York. And that is part of my, you know, hesitancy about saying the Chicago. But I tell him in my life. You're, in don't worry, you're you're right on about the Chicago dog. I've been to New York. Uh, to be fair, I lived in Chicago for 17 years before I moved to Colorado, so I, I may be a little biased here. But uh, I, I'm a I'm a bigger fan of the Chicago dog than the uh, New York dog. It's the first thing I do. Uh, the the last two times I went to Chicago it was the first thing I did when I got off the plane. It's like gotta go get me a Chicago dog. Mm. I am in Chicago. Great city. I love that city. So we do have one more segment of this show, and we, we actually asked the last show for people to write in questions for us to answer on this show, but only one person actually wrote us in any questions. <laughs> but he wrote in a lot of them, and he's actually in the chat room. So here's a huge shout-out to Spaz Matt, who wrote us a bunch of questions. We're just going to go through these real quick. Uh, I don't. I can't put any sound bites in, but we're gonna we're gonna do what we can. Uh, so the first one I saw, and it kind of made me laugh. I, I listened to a podcast called The Morning Stream, and they're just a couple of nerdy, geeky guys, uh, Scott Johnson and Brian Ibbett. These guys that do this show are hilarious. Like they they hit and miss, but really most of the time they're hitting all on on cue. Their show's got great pace. 
but uh, they talk about Star Trek a lot. And so this is a Star Trek uh, associated question. So his question is, Spazmat's first question is, would a pack lid play a broken deck or just a deck that needs fixing? Now, I do not have my fiance with me. Right. So I know nothing about your, Star your Trek. Your Star Trek translator. As soon as she starts getting closer to me, I begin to know more and more about Star Trek. It's weird. So in that episode, it's it's like it's season one, episode six or seven, and I only know this. I'm not that geeky. I'm truthfully not a Star Trek geek, but I have been going back and watching The Next Generation uh, because it's on Netflix, and why not? Because it, it makes me fall asleep. It's actually something really good to fall asleep <laughs> to. So, but anyway, the Packlet episode is these are these guys, and they're they're like, Captain, there's a ship over there uh, it, that is just floating through space, and he's like, Wesley. Zoom us in, and so he goes. They goes. They go over there, and it ends up being these really dumb guys. And they're they're like, well, our ship is broken. We we can't fix our ship. We need help. And so it's it, the whole thing about it is is that they have a broken ship. They steal Jordy LaForge, and uh, it, like it's this ridiculous thing. They're like, give us Jordy back. And they're like, no, he is smart. He helped us fix our ship. It's an awesome episode. It's just it's so humorous. But anyway, that's the whole thing. So would a pack lid play a broken deck or just a deck that needs fixing? Well, a pack lid would play a deck that until it was broken, and then he would fix it, but he would use someone else to help it more, make it more broken. I don't know. That's a terrible question for me to answer. I really don't know. So we'll move on to the next question. What just happened? I don't know. That was, that was, uh, that was the band one-man show Star Trek. Yes, there we go. Which which happens in this show. It, it's not too uncommon for one of us just to go off for a good like five or six minutes. So the next one is, how many licks does it take to get to the center of Mirrodin's core? And the answer to that, of course, is three. Yes, very good. And <laughs> next question is, oh, by the way, this the seg this the name of this segment is Spazmat's questions. <laughs> And we'll just throw that in at the end of the segment. Right, exactly. Oh, he did ask us a bit more. Okay. Yeah, so so if the next question from Spazmat is, if one judge replaces 10 rules lawyers, what really happens when a rules lawyer becomes a judge? What about a real lawyer? Dude? Uh, if one judge replaces 10 rules lawyers, what happens? I don't know. I'm sure there are real lawyer judges. Yeah, do you know, Conley, are there any real lawyers out there that are judges? Um, I don't know of any real lawyers that are judges. There's plenty of lawyers that are players. I'm sure there's a lawyer that's a judge. I'm not familiar with uh, the occupation of too many judges, I guess. Um, yeah. So screw them. Yeah. Right. And you know what I was going to ask? What about, uh, what about uh, accountants? Are there, like, any famous magic players that you know that are, like, tax accountants or work with the IRS? Um, I know of uh, tax attorneys. Ah, okay. Does that count? That's John yeah, Becker, uh, who you hear mentioned on Top Eight Magic podcast all the time, and he's in the the weight loss contest with me. He is a tax attorney. I don't know of any yeah. accountants though. How how is the weight loss contest going? Uh, pretty good. I mean, I had plenty of setbacks setbacks because uh, moved out of my apartment, so I've been looking for a new one, and not having a kitchen and stuff is kind of. Uh, Kind of annoying, but um, I still have to lose about 15 pounds by January 1st, but I should be able to get there. I'm down like 38-ish so far. So. Nice. Who's in the lead? Uh, I have no idea. It doesn't really matter who's in the lead. It's everybody that makes their uh, 
their their goal of fifteen percent, they they're they're good. So it doesn't really matter who's like win, losing the most. Otherwise, uh, I probably would not have had so many setbacks. I kind of jumped out really early and lost a bunch of weight, and then uh, traveled a bit, and then you know moved and stuff, and kind of uh, lost track a little bit. But I haven't gained any weight. I just haven't necessarily lost extra weight, which is I guess a better place than gaining weight back, which is nice. So. Well, right, and that's kind of how it happens anyway. I, I, I fluctuate pretty heavily. I've gone from, you know, 230 down to where I am now, which is like 190. And uh, But I always plateau at, at a point, even when I'll lose a good 15 pounds, maybe even 20 pounds really quickly over about a month and a half if I'm really working at it. But then it just stops for me. I kind of plateau, and then I, I end up building more muscle because I'm being more active, which is you like you can't lose weight at the same time as you gain muscle. Uh, it's just not possible, and so you can lose the the fat off of your body, but by being aerobic, and that helps get rid of that, and you can drop weight. But as soon as you start to do things that are actually, as soon as your body starts building muscle, you maintain a certain weight level. Sure. It's it's rough. I mean, it's it's not an easy thing. I just throw all my food back up and do it all. Well, that, those two things will do it, but the, the pock marks that you're getting and the fact that you're losing some of your teeth, are, it's really kind of working against you. I mean, uh, come come like December 10th or whatever, if I need to lose another 15 pounds, you might see me uh, in the bathroom of various uh, fine establishments, fast food restaurants, doing just that. But we'll save that till December 10th. Good. Good. You, I, I think you can do it. I think that it's, that it's possible without. Those were some damn intense games with Conley. He's so angry. Is your blood sugar level low? What's wrong? Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, more of these questions? Um, uh, I. Uh, are any of these questions good? If your deck was a football team, who would be the Nickelback? Also, what the hell is a Nickelback to the Google? A Nickelback is a band that came out in the 90s. Right. And and what they do is they line up with the rest of the line in football. Go Steelers, by the way. I'm, um, uh, uh, they, they line up with the rest of the team. And then what's his name? That dude, I can't think of his name ever, which is fine with me because I really don't want to remember that. It's like one of those Chad Kroger. Damn it, Conley! I'm God. sorry, I had to. I had to. My my pain had to go to you. I had to give you some of my pain. You had to know. I, I see. I see. I get it. Oh, that was painful. Hey, who is your favorite football team? Uh, the Tennessee Titans. Oh, really? And, yes. And as as Gerard would say, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Titans. <laughs> um. I've been uh, a Titans fan since they were the Houston Oilers. Um, and, uh, yeah, my sports teams are kind of weird. They all came from – all rooted from my grandmother who lived in Houston. Uh, she was the only sports fan in my in my family, really. And then uh, she was dating the uh, one of the assistant trainers on the Lakers. So I'm a Lakers fan. Uh, I have been since, you know, like 95 or whatever since I started watching sports. Um, and then uh, – uh, Houston Oilers fan as a result of that, which then became the Tennessee Titans. And then for uh, for the rest of the stuff, I'm just a homer. So I'm just a, well, a former homer. I guess I don't live in Chicago anymore. But the the Cubs and Blackhawks. But, yeah, I'm kind of weird. Well, it's, it's odd because I, too, inherited my favorite football team genetically from my brother, who is a diehard Raiders fan. 
And to tell you the truth, I don't watch football at all. <laughs> uh, it's more of a fear thing that I have learned that I get hit less and subjugated to less pain if I just say Raiders go. So in my that, subconscious, it's locked in, and I am a Raiders fan. That makes perfect sense. I mean, I'm, I'm it's, a Raiders that's, fan, really. Yeah, that's you know learned behavior. Like, <laughs> BF, BF Skinner would be proud of you. Thanks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So uh, we need to read another sponsor real quick. I'm, I'm done. Do I have to do it? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's just, it has to be done. All right. Um, these may be replaced by the actual commercials that we spent a lot of time on before doing this show that we couldn't actually import into the show. So, so they might serve as markers a, if our sponsors don't think we can here, Here's a, our uh, failed attempt as the veil of what our actual non-scriptedness looks like on Dredging for Humor. Gavin Avon Society would like to remind everybody that we are experiencing heavy moon heron migrations during this time of the year. Please let your wolves out at night so we can continue to subdue this problem. All right, and back to the show. What, what, why, why was your sponsor just a, a PSA? Uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes with dredging for humor, it is just There's a PSA. Well, so that was, PSAs pay the rent, though, somehow? Uh, well, we do it as a tax write-off. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. Well, not really, but for us. <laughs> well, we almost have an hour's worth of show here. All right. And uh, I want to just shout out a couple of things uh, to Jack LaCroix, LaCroix, LaCroix. La, La um, thanks for showing up like you said you would. Uh <laughs> Uh, to Tom, uh, we're just sad we missed can we, can we, you. Say, can we, we, I think we should call him Jack LaCroix as a result of him not showing up. Yes. Oh, uh, intentional spadging, LaCroix. Okay, LaCroix. Keeping the evil cycle going. Right. So the fact that you didn't show up, whatever, we'll catch you some other time. To Tom, who said he might be able to show up because sometimes his Saturdays are free, we're sad we missed you, Tom. We love your show. We'll, we'll we do always be listening. We absolutely love you, Tom. Not quite Tom as has. Tom has uh, children now. You aware uh, of this? No. Or I guess I don't know. I I, I don't know if they're officially if uh, his okay, child being, is officially born yet. Okay, I was gonna say, are you being metaphoric? Like I didn't know if Tom had started a religion, perhaps, or you know maybe no. inherited some sheep. But no, you're talking actual genetic children. Yep. Uh, here I will. Uh, one second. Hmm. Tom has a baby coming soon, so it's not born yet. But he is oh. uh, he is he is soon to be a father, which oh, is a very Tom. a very a very scary thought. But congrats anyway. Congrats, Tom. Congrats, congrats. Tom. That's awesome. He, he's gonna he literally it. he's gonna literally be a papa bear from now on. That's uh, that's that's awesome. That's that's great. Well, you will have endless endless jibes and jests with Tom as the child grows up. I'm sure it will give you fodder for I don't know. Endless something. Jabs. Jabs and gibbers. Um, anyway, so you can you can find us at dredgingforhumor at gmail.com. Uh, you can also tweet at us at dredginghumor. Uh, Conley? Was, 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 uh, was dredging for humor taken already? Uh, no, you couldn't type it in. When I got oh. the Twitter account, you could only have so many characters. Ah, uh, I see. But, and we also wanted to fool all those people out there that are looking for gold. 
So, like, you know, it's been a rough day out there. I've been we, rolling the pan all day. We did expect a couple of people that were into dredging, having nothing to do with magic, uh, calling in just to see what was up. But they didn't show either. Gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, you never know. So I'm looking forward to seeing everything you do in the future, Conley. I definitely will be emailing you about how to connect so that we can buy you that dinner. World, I'm, world, world. I'm hoping that well, maybe – You said we, but obviously it's not we. You're... Well, if, well, the gag might be there. Oh, Yeah, okay. the gag might be there. He's, so. he, was our, he was our Griffin – what did gag stand for? Griffin gags or something? I don't remember. He and... was mainly our grip when we were filming Newbie and the Dude, and he's he's kind of the trio. So he may be taking over for me. Um, at Worlds, but um, yeah, have a great time at Worlds, you guys. I mean, really have a blast. I, I wish you all the best, and I'm sorry I will not be there, sir. Yeah, that's all right. You got you got silver balls to attend to. I understand. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'll tell the rat. You silver said, balls, crazy rats. Yeah. Um. Uh. Anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and end the recording now. Conley, thank you so much for calling, man. It was mm, not a, a problem. You. A you know that we're gonna get a spike in listeners over this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. That's what I do. I'm like, uh, I'm like the the sweets week go to, if you will. I'm actually on, I'm actually on uh, an episode of House this year that they during sweeps week they just had me on. So. Right, that makes total sense. <laughs> I, yeah. I can see. Uh, what what I did you play? What? What? I was I was I was one of the the patients. I had a, a crooked penis, and they had to solve it, but it wasn't. It wasn't as surface level as you think it is, because it's house. Was so, it Rufus? Uh, hey, I can't say. I don't want to spoil the episode for you. Yeah. Oh, but okay, just okay. you know, it's it's never Lupus. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> exactly. It is never Lupus. Lupus uh, is number. Yeah. Lupus is always is always illness number two or three guest. It's never the first one, but it's never it's never the last one because it's never actually. <laughs> right. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to cut it off. I will be uh, in contact with you. Wait, you're, my oh. crooked penis? You're going to cut it off? What are you... <laughs> oh, God, no. Can we, no. Have, can we have better segues here, okay? People are going to get confused, and they're going to think we're in the same room. I don't want – this is not what I want with my life. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm hearing the house theme in the back of my head. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, no, I'm going to stop the recording now. All right. Gotcha.
I always smoke the fatties.